What's going on, degenerate? Fuck. <laughs> it's all good, bro. It's all good. We're good. I can cut this. I can cut this. Okay. What was the word I was looking for? I don't even know. Degenerate listeners? I was just going to say you degenerates. All right. I'm going to go again. Ready? I'm starting in okay, Are you taking this off like that, or do you want a like, cold intro like with your question? Oh, I can cold intro. Yeah, let's do the cold intro. Yeah, then. yeah. Fuck cold yeah. intro with a question, and then see where it goes, and then whoever. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck. All right. Cool, cool. Starting at 30 here. All right, I got a question for you, McKay. Usually don't start off the show, but tonight, what do you think about humans being cloned, bro? If the ability is possible, you know, science makes it happen. Like, what are your thoughts, man? Cloning humans. So I guess what is the purpose? That That is an answer I guess I need to know because I think there's a couple ways you can take this, Okay. You're either cloning someone because their abilities, whether genetic, hereditary, they may be brilliant. They may be, I don't know, fucking eight feet tall, right? Like they may be outliers with some genetics and you're trying to clone that to capture that, to give other people that same thing. I don't know. Or are you cloning people because like... I don't know. Like, are these people real? Like, yeah. So imagine we had two KDs walking around, right? KD gets cloned. Now we've got KD number two out here, bro. You know, wouldn't they act as twins? Possibly, right? But I mean, all I know is if I've got another KD, I'm trying to give him a multi-million dollar contract to come play for my basketball team, right? KD number two. Okay, let me ask this: Is the clone made in the lab then? Oh yeah, it's all science. You know, the clone is. Perfect to KD number okay. one, and science has got it to a T. Like, it's just cloned, a second KD. Who's cloning? These parents? Are, like, parents cloning for kids? Like, if they're like, oh, my God, like, I can clone a KD. My Like, my child could be KD's height, KD's wit, like, everything like that. Like, would parents do that kind of thing? Like, hey, like, oh, no. So it's like KD has to be like, yeah, you guys can clone me, right? It's not like they can just and they make a this. replica of exactly him, right? They take KD yeah. into the lab and they clone him. You know, you, it's not okay. like you can do this out of thin air, right? It has to be like the person's there, you clone him. You know, what if it's Elon Musk, for example, too, right? We got two Elon Musks walking around now. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts, bro? Is that good for society? Is it bad? Is it dangerous? Like, hit me, bro. I don't, I don't really know, you know, like, I think that would be certainly weird. I think there's pros and cons, just like there's pros and cons to a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess what, again, it has to go back to my original question when you first asked me is like, what is the purpose of this? Like who's benefiting by getting clone, right? Like is, is Katie like, I don't even know. I don't know. It opens up a rabbit hole of, of, of more questions, but I would have to go back to this, like, why are we doing this? And then the whole purpose behind it, you know, who's benefiting? So I think why it's like from an efficiency standpoint, I guess from KD's an entertainment standpoint, help another helping a basketball team, bro. Like if there was a second KD on the team, obviously that would be sick. Elon Musk, from an advancement standpoint in society, you got two of his brains working at two different things, right? So I guess I can't answer your question, how does it benefit the first person that's getting cloned as much as 
it can benefit society as a whole if we have some of these big superstars or super smart okay, wait, entrepreneurs. Wait, 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 to break in, that raises an even bigger question is you told me these are clones, right? So that means their brains have to be essentially artificial intelligence. So they're going to be somewhat different than their, than their clone because they're going to teach themselves and program themselves based on a totally different viewpoint than Elon himself would have. You know what I mean? Yeah, you raise a good point, man. Emotion, right? Like we're yeah. born with that in our heart. So I don't know, man. I just thought that'd be an interesting question for you to kick off the show. I don't think we're quite there from a scientific standpoint, but I was reading some stuff, man, that scientists are thinking potentially they're close to being able to clone humans, man. It just got me thinking like, whoa, bro, like if we clone a human such as Kevin Durant, Elon Musk, like how does that affect society? Is that a positive, a negative thing, right? And I mean, science is advancing every day. It's very possible that we get to a point where humans start to become cloned, bro. Here's, here's what I'll say. This is the last thing I'll say on this topic is I don't believe we should play God or creator, okay? And I think long-term down the road, when humans mess with genetics, bro, and start getting into that stuff, regardless of you could have any business any company any organization that says they're doing the right thing but the reality is there's always the other side of like when you're messing with that stuff you're gaining an incredibly amount of power and control when doing that stuff you know you're manipulating with stuff that we haven't been able to touch and manipulate before so i think a lot of things can go wrong Yeah, that's totally fair. And I guess my whole point bringing this to light is science is advancing every day in ways that we can't even fathom as normal human beings, right? Like we got scientists to get up day and night working towards these crazy projects. And I mean, breaks open another discussion I don't want to get into. We've got hella good shit to talk about tonight on the pod. But what about genetic modification, right? Before birth, you know, you have conversations about modifying these babies to be basically superhumans, right? And like, these, this is the next generation coming. Science is not going backwards. They're going forward. So another crazy food of thought there that before your kid's even born, you could genetically modify him to be amazing at whatever, you know? So again, we're not there yet. Science is trying to advance towards that. So yeah, I just wanted to give you food of thought there um, on those, those topics, my guy. That was beautiful. That was great. That's, that's certainly food for thought and certainly something – Maybe a topic for further down the line to dive into. Um, but with that, dude, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Degenerate Talk Sports. I'm your host, McKay Armbrust, here with the one and only, the degenerate himself. He loves baseball, he loves hockey, but most of all, he loves sports betting. <laughs> it's Brad Berry. Thanks for being here, brother. <laughs> of course, yes, Quentin A here, fluent across multiple sports from tennis to swimming. All the way to baseball. So yeah, to swimming, to pickleball, to racquetball, to bowling. What can I say, man? I love sports. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, we got a packed episode, uh, like you said tonight, and we're adding a new segment tonight, bro. Um, and we added a new segment last week, so we've been we've been changing up the show a little bit, but it's for the better because. As always, we are trying to bring the best of the best, whether it's content-wise and um, 
we just believe this is something that needs to be talked about. So uh, with that, bro, uh, I'll pass it along to you to kick off our snippets for the week and then uh, we can get, get right into it. All right. Awesome, lad. We're going to start off with the best thing that we saw in sports this week, as we always have, staying consistent on it. Then we're going to go to our sports segment to break down a lot of different stuff tonight. We got the NBA rolling, the NHL rolling, the NFL rolling. Then we're going to go to fresh off the press, hit the business segment, and then we're going to go to the Degen bet segment. And then also a little new segment for this week is we're going to give you guys some picks here. We're going to, Kay and I are going to drop a couple, maybe a few, and if you degenerates decide to tail, best of luck to you. So, McKay, that's what I've got for you, my guy. Best thing in sports this week. You want uh, me to kick it off for you? Oh, gosh. There's so many things I could talk about. Let me marinate real quickly. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, man. Mine's going to be on the diamond again. I know I said it last podcast. 14-inning game between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Indians. I said it was the most unbelievable thing I saw. Well, that lasted about a week because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The Mariners and the Astros, 18 innings of Swirls baseball. That's like a six-hour game of just repetitively getting out by the pitcher. Like, couldn't imagine how hard it was for both teams. But it's a walk-off by Pena. one nothing Astros take it and eliminate the Mariners. We'll talk a little bit more about that in our baseball segment tonight. So, McKay... That's what I got for you for the best thing I saw. What's the best thing you saw, Kat? Well, there was well, there's some decent football being played this past week. But dude, the best thing I saw this week was Tennessee beating Alabama. Dude, oh God, I'm not a huge college football guy. I'm really not. But anytime the underdog wins, dude, and I feel like Bama wins it all, bro. Like all the fucking time. That's all the time I hear about Bama, dude. So like, it was kind of good to hear that like they kind of got knocked off and. I saw the videos of the fucking student section going absolute bonkers, taking down the goalposts. I'm sure you saw that, bro. Like, that's sick to be a part of that environment, bro. Like, that is what you want in college football. And so props to them, man. That was the best thing I saw on Spoiler Street. I love it, Kat. I love it. Yeah, that was pretty bonkers, bro. No doubt about it. Yeah, man. So uh, that's what we got for segment one. We're going to hop over to segment two, sports recap for the week. We're going to start with some NFL, my guy. So uh, you want to kick that off? Uh, dude, so we're, we're going to kind of stay consistent with how we did it last week. We're going to talk about like the best three games we saw this past week and then maybe like the worst three games, maybe some, some woes kind of thing. Um, best game, though. I'll kick it off. First one for me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go rapid fire. Tell you all three, and then um, maybe we'll we'll just kind of dive into each one. I think that's probably best. That sound good? Yeah, yeah, it sounded good to me. All righty. So let's see. Best game, obviously, the game of the year, in my opinion, probably for a lot of people. Um, and we may see it again. And that was Patty Mahomes versus Josh Allen, bro. This was a very fun game to watch. Two incredible offenses, two great quarterbacks, two young goats, um, I will say, bro. So awesome. That was a great game. I would say the se- the second, dude, there was, there was some upsets, and I, I got to save it for probably like the worst thing I saw in sports this week. But the second, I would say, really good game I, I like to watch this week was the Cowboys and the Eagles. Both great teams, in my opinion. The Eagles obviously moved to 5-0. and 
huge for them. I don't think this has been done for, for honestly years. So good for them. Props to them. Uh, Cowboys are still pretty good, man. You got Cooper Rush. Dak is practicing, apparently, I believe I saw in the stats, um, are, um, the report for this week. So that could be really big moving forward. Um, so quick, uh, quick update on that. And then I would say the last game, honestly, bro, that I really enjoyed watching this week, and that was the Ravens and Giants, bro. The Giants stunned me. Um, I took the Ravens on this from a betting standpoint, got crushed a little bit. Um, Giants won. Very impressive. Um, they're doing really well. I think this is the best start they've had in quite some time as well. So, Yeah, bro. I All those games were great, man. Um, hit on Philly, Dallas, Fly, Eagles, Fly, as you reiterated last week, man. Six and fucking no, the only team in football that's still undefeated. And I love that, bro. Like, who would have thought the Eagles? Who would have thought Jalen Hurts of all quarterbacks is dogging out here, right, with an undefeated season? And I'd have to agree with you, man, with the Giants game. That's another one, the Ravens. I was on the other side of that. I thought that Ravens took so many bad L's, right, already. They've given up points late in games. Like, this is a team that sucks in the second half. Can we say that respectfully now, dude? Like, they get up. The second half comes and they don't do shit. And the same thing happened. Giants beat them five and one, bro. Another just crazy like team that you wouldn't expect to be five and one. So yeah, man. NFL some great games this week, but we also had some upsets. So you want to talk about the upsets, or you want me to pick a couple games as well? No, pick a couple games and then we'll both talk about upsets at the same time. Because I have a feeling some of our upsets are are going to be in the same fucking boat. So you go ahead. Uh, I know I hit on a lot of good games. I know there's not. Oh, yeah. There was still good football, though. You know, Buffalo and Kansas City, I think we talked about that game all fucking day if we want to. That was a masterpiece. I loved watching it. But I'll give you a few different games, man. I'm going to start with New England and Cleveland, okay? The New England Patriots, man. With Bill Belichick, they always seem to find a way and figure it out. And Rahamad Stevenson, my guy, who is stopping this guy with the football running? He could be... The best back in the NFL the past couple of weeks. I mean, just the way he's running the ball, uh, yards after contact. He's looking good, man. 38-15 over the Cleveland Browns. And I know this is a close game on the lines, and the Browns right. haven't been the best this year. Right. But New, New England is really, in my opinion, as of right now, a good football team. Defensively, yeah. yes, and offensively figuring shit out. So that's the first game that I want to hit on. The second game I want to jump over to is probably going to be one of your upsets, my guy. But I stayed away from it. It's New York Jets versus Green Bay Packers, man. I know I've been saying it. The Packers, dude, last week on the pod, is Aaron Rodgers done, right? Back-to-back MVPs. Is he still the same guy? He hasn't looked that way to me. But the Jets, on the other hand, I I talked about them last week. They're not the prettiest team, right? It's not the first team that comes to mind for some people. But holy shit, man, offensively speaking, they are so sound, right? I mean, they've got... Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, who Zach Wilson really likes. You got Elijah Moore. And then you got Brees Hall and Michael Carter, bro, as your backs. And Brees Hall, I believe, had a 91-yard touchdown run, bro. I mean, this cat is good. This Jets team is better than they've been in a while. And they're 4-2 and two as the Packers sit at 3-3. Three and three. So 
That's another game that I liked and wanted to talk about. The last one, man, it's going to be another upset, kind of. It's Seattle versus the Cardinals, man. It's Geno Smith proving that he is that guy for Seattle right now after Russell Wilson gets shipped. He waited almost a decade for this starting spot, but, man, he's killing it. He's doing great. And Kyler Murray, man, staying up too late playing Cod again, bro. Nine points, no touchdowns. What's going on with Kyler, bro? So... Those are the three games I would like to talk about this week. You got any thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, 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 dude. <clears throat> Great games. Great choices, by the way. Let's start off with the first one. Packers, bro. You mentioned it. We brought it up last week, dude. From a betting standpoint, this is pain, right? This is two weeks in a row. If you've been, if you've had Packers in the parlay, or even if you bet Packers outright, I feel feel bad for Packers fans. Honestly, man. Um, yeah, there's there's a real problem going on in Green Bay, and I think it starts with the wide receivers, right? Like, you don't automatically think it's it's Aaron or anything like that. Immediately, you're going to go to your wide receivers. We've referenced it multiple times before, bro. It's a young core, right? Um, he's got he's got a couple of you know old. I, I would say old reliables, right? With like Randall Cobb and Robert Tanyan, right? And like some of the guys that he's thrown to, even Alan Lazard, maybe, right? But like they're not consistent, bro, from an offensive standpoint. They're they're just not. And and arguably, to me, they have two of the best running backs in the of the NFL, with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, bro. So. I it's they got to get something going on the offense, man. The Packers uh, higher expectations, man, but they are not doing well this season. And I think it, I think it lies on wide receivers, but I don't know. I mean, that's fair, right? Like you talked about chemistry last week. Rogers is going to need to have chemistry with his wide receivers. We haven't really seen that like he had with Devontae Adams, but yeah, dude, you saw Jordan Love coming in the game for fourth throws. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers just calling it quits with Green Bay? Is he going to cash his check? Is Green Bay not going to be that good this season? I don't know, man. But what I can talk about with that is the Jets, they look damn good, bro. Even with Zach Wilson leading the way, a young quarterback. Like, they are a good team. And 10 points, bro, defensively maybe they're figuring it out a little bit too. Dude, just good for the Jets, bro. Like, finally, like, I feel like – the NFL has just been, you know, like crapping on the Jets for so long, bro. So good for the Jets. Uh, but yeah, on the other hand, Packers betters, pain, bro, pain. Yeah, Kat. All right, I think that wraps up the best teams we saw. You want to talk about some of your upsets? I know the Packers is one of them, but if you want to keep rolling, I'm happy to hear. Yeah, dude, we got a Broncos country. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> bro we got to talk about this game we got to we got to i don't you saw a great first quarter where you were like this may be like russell wilson's game right like his breakout game finally like we need this and then second quarter happened and it just boom went straight fucking downhill bro i don't know what it is but it definitely seems like and look i'm not gonna say russ is the only problem Okay, I'm really not. I think Russ can still be a great quarterback. I don't know if the play calling is there, bro. Like, <clears throat> dude, even from an NFL fan standpoint, right? Like, I've watched enough football, and I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can agree with me, that the play calling, you're just like, wait, 
why why would we do that? Why would we do that on third and ten? Why why would we do that on third and long? Right? Why are we doing these weird plays? Right? Like we've seen it early on. I'll give you two examples. We tried kicking a sixty-plus yard field goal earlier in the season to win the game, and and Nathaniel Hackett obviously took blame for that, right? But like Russ isn't. I don't know if Hackett's offense gels with the offense that Russ plays best at. Let me say that. I think that is the point I'm trying to make. I do not know if Hackett's offense is the best offense for Russell Wilson's play style. I mean, that's fair. And to kind of echo your point, we had the third and one on Thursday night against the Colts when everyone was thinking that he should have ran the ball. And in all fairness, Russell Wilson missed a wide open touchdown target. He didn't look at the guy. And then, yeah, you, you, it's just his play calling has been in question all year. But some of this has to still fall on Russell Wilson, right? We're talking about an MVP quarterback, a guy who wanted out of Seattle to get the bag so he could perform. So I don't know, man. I, like you said, first quarter looked great. Thought it was going to be Russ's breakout game. Started 10 for 10. And then from there, it just went to shit. And it's not like the Chargers are a defense that should be keeping the Broncos to 16 points. We have the fewest points in the NFL. We averaged 15 points a game before this. And what did we do? We went and put up 16. Great. Raising the average, guys. But the end of this game was the most Bronco thing ever, man. You three and out the Chargers on defense. And then whatever the fuck happened, bro, with that punt and our player getting kicked into our receiver. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, that can't happen. We just can't have that happening, especially in a close game in overtime on the road like that. So I don't know, man. I think Nathaniel Hackett's play calling is questionable. He may be on the hot seat. A new coach may help us. But in that same boat, I, I think that it falls a lot on Russell and definitely not on our defense in any way. No, I dude, <clears throat> thank you for bringing that up because props to Denver D. Dude, like they're probably the only thing – Exciting to watch about the Broncos so far this season, bro. So, yeah, man, this game makes me sad. So let's let's move it over to the final game. I think you and I are probably in the same boat with this because this blows my mind. Like the Colts beat the Chiefs, okay, but you're telling me the Pittsburgh Steelers, after losing thirty-eight to nothing, whatever the fuck it was, to Buffalo, they're gonna come back the next week and beat Tampa Bay, bro. Like, what, what is this all about? Pitt beats Tampa at 20 to 18. Talk to me. What the hell happened here? Dude. God. And <laughs> the line was at, I think, 11 when the game started in favor of, of Tampa Bay. You had Kenny Pickett on, on the Steelers' offensive side, right? He got hurt pretty early on. Um, dude... Tommy and the Bucks just don't look good right now. Like I don't know if it's just been all the all the injuries that they faced, and it's like catching back up to them because they haven't gelled. But it looks like the chemistry's not there, you know. And I we talked about it last year, and I'll go, I'll I'll fucking bring it up again, bro. I hate to say it, but it's got to be a mental a mental thing for Tommy. Like I, I'm sorry, like you're. Any anybody is gonna have something like that with personal family stuff going on in the background, and you have the spotlight on you, dude. I'm sorry. I think it's really hard to perform at a really high level. Like you, you talk about any of 
even if you watch this documentary series on ESPN, he talks about the support of his family. Like, we don't really know if that support's there right now. Like, that's just the sad thing. So, like, he's going out there every Sunday, and he's practically all alone in his head kind of thing. I think it really fucks with you, dude. And I think it really could affect your your productivity on the field. So I don't know if that's what's happening. That's just kind of my guess. But Bucks have not been pretty to watch. This was an upset game. And, uh, yeah, this is a bummer for sure. Yeah, and if you didn't catch our last pot, go back. We talked about Giselle, the situation with the divorce and how that could be fucking with Tom. You know, he plays another year of football and he's losing his family, basically. We know that... It can't be easy going out there on Sunday, but 25 for 40, man, 243 yards, 87.8 quarterback rating. It's not like the guy is blowing it, right? Like he's still playing to a pretty high standard. Um, but that's not the Josh Allen or Patty Mahomes standard, though. Oh, that's, no. that's what we got to think about. And, I mean, you got Leonard Fournette averaging three carry. Yeah, I mean, he's got 21 carries for 63 yards. Steelers' D is good. I've said that all along. I mean, other than last week against Buffalo. I don't know what the hell happened then. But, yeah, a back like Lenny, I think you're expecting a little more than three yards per carry potentially on 20 runs. But let's look at the other side of this, dude. Kenny Pickett starts at quarterback for the Steelers. Second week in a row. Gets hurt. Mitch Trubinsky said, give me that fucking job back, man. Nine for 12, 144 yards, one touchdown, and 142 quarterback rating, bro. So I guess Mitch is that dude for these guys moving forward. I mean, so far, if Kenny gets healthy, I would continue to ride Mitch after a stat line like that, especially against the Tampa Bay Super Bowl contending team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I think this was an anomaly. I really do. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I see this happening again, to be honest with you. But um, I think this was positive for Pittsburgh. And if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I will I will say this is a positive thing. I think Najee Harris finally scored a touchdown, which he hasn't had a touchdown in a long time. So, you know, and like I, I think you have to have faith in – and this, the Steelers from like a coaching standpoint, right? Like their coach has one of the greatest like win percentages kind of thing. Like I'm sure they'll figure it out, you know, but it might not be their season, but fuck great win against the Bucks. Way to, way to bust my parlay. So. <laughs> yeah, that was a game that I'm sure busted a lot of parlays this weekend. Pitt loses by 30 plus points to Buffalo and then comes back and beats Tampa Bay by two points. Crazy, man. It's just the way the, the ball bounces sometimes, I guess, in football, right? Just the way the ball bounces. Uh, crazy headlines in the NFL, bro. But uh, have you been paying attention to everything going down in Carolina with the Panthers? Yeah, a little bit, man. I saw that Robbie got in a little bit of a fight, um, and that you you said last week on the pod that they might be fire sailing. So, talk to me. What's going on? So, here? so last week, everybody referenced keep receipts, bang, go to last week's pod, and I referenced a potential fire sale with the team. And Robbie Anderson, man, this is just uh, this is. I hate to see this from a fan's perspective because when you think about it, like there's so much we don't know that happens like behind closed doors in the locker room and everything like that. But yeah, you, you kind of said Robbie Anderson apparently has, I don't know, an exchange of words with one of the receiver coaches or something like that. And then pretty much gets sent to the locker room, right? Like, and this happens, I think in the fourth quarter, but you can see he's clearly frustrated, right? 
The following day, Robbie Anderson's gone. Okay. And what I mean by is Arizona Cardinals traded for him, picked him up, bang, just like that within 24 hours. So two weeks ago, we talked about it on the pod. Matt Rule, the head coach, was fired. I believe a coordinator was fired. It might have been the defensive coordinator with him. And then we have Robbie Anderson, one of the wide receivers, who arguably is what one of the top two or behind DJ Moore, maybe one of the top two or three wide receivers for Carolina. So, and then also another thing we got to talk about, bro, is CMC. All the rumors I'm hearing with that about him being potentially on the trade block. So, mm-hmm. you got to think Carolina's potentially like, shit, we're rebuilding at this point and they're going to try to get anything they can. I saw, I think ESPN was talking about it. It was like um, multiple picks for CMAC. So, yeah, I'll, I'll break this down and talk to you a little bit. To be black and white with Robbie Anderson, right? Because I don't know if Carolina's fire sailing. I don't know if I'm completely on that train yet. But in Robbie Anderson's case, man, I read that he got in a fight with the coach. I heard potential sources that he might have even punched or struck the coach. So, yeah, dude, that's a situation with any player. You know, you're gone the next day. And you know what Arizona traded for him, McKay? They traded a 2024 sixth-round pick and a 2025 seventh-round pick for Robbie. So, I mean, you're, it wasn't too much, right? They kind of just got Robbie out of there. So there's that aspect of it. But I also want to say CMC, an absolute ball of gold on this struggling Panthers team, dude. He continues to play well. He had a new quarterback this week with PJ. As you know, I was happy to see just a different look at quarterback for the guy, and he put the fuck up, dude. He's, he's a beast. So anywhere that this guy goes, I'm going to be excited and rooting for him. I hope he lands in Denver, but there's no fucking way. I hope he lands on a Super Bowl contending team, honestly, too, because I think he's a type of X-factor player. You know, he's been a winner his whole life. This is the first losing team he's ever been on. Like, once he gets back on a winning team, I feel like he's going to find that hunger and drive to be – to his best potential again. And he's still playing really well, just on a bad team. No, and that's a fair point. But I think in Anderson's point of view, this maybe works out, right? Like he's a 6'3 wide receiver. Kyler Murray needs wide receivers, right? I believe it was um, Hollywood Brown, bro. I believe it's out for like six to eight weeks or something like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, from... I guess from a whole play standpoint, you expect Robbie Anderson to kind of fill into this role here in Arizona. And um, I don't know if he's suiting up this weekend or not, but um, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, and D-Hop still suspended. You got Brown out now. So I'm not sold Robbie Anderson's that great of a player. It's been a couple of years since I've seen great sparks from the guy. So um, we'll see. I think this is a way better fit. I think that he should play well. It'll come down to his talent at this point. You know, you got a better quarterback in Kyler Murray. Show us what you got, my guy. So that's that's what I got. Yeah, yeah. I like it, dude. And obviously I think I think whoever gets if they whoever's ever to pull their hands on C Mac, dude, I think would be a crazy acquisition to any team, bro, honestly. But real quick, real quick before we move on from NFL. You watched the Broncos game. I watched the Broncos game. You saw the clear frustration on the sideline from another running back, Melvin Gordon, right? 
they're saying potential Broncos rumors is that he's going to request a trade before the trade deadline. Really? And so I was like, I read that and I was like, oh, interesting. Because I thought Gordon was going to be the number one back this year. And then obviously Javante, is it Javante? Yes, Javante Williams. He obviously was the number one back, I, and rightfully so. He's really good. And then um, him being hurt. But, like, even if you look at the offense, again, back to the play calling of the Broncos, I think what he had, whoever ran the most targets yet or ran the most balls yesterday had, I want to say, eight under eight carries or under ten carries. So it's like – I will correct you on that. It was Latavius Murray. He had uh, 16 carries. Oh, yes. Six. Okay. He, he, went, he went for 62, 66, something like that with a long of 14. But, yeah, Lat Murray, dude. I mean, to echo your point, yeah, let's get rid of Gordon. M- Murray looks nice off the Saints practice squad. He's old, but, right, we, we, have Javon, we, we have Javante back next year. You know, I think Lat could do a job until then. And, like, I don't know where my hopes are for this Broncos team anymore, especially – after just heartbreaking losses and bad offense week after week. But I still believe in, you know, if we can get something good for Gordon, let's do it is my mentality on it. Yeah, that's fair. I'm honestly, I'm kind of opposite you. I hope Gordon gets back in, in the like in the ranks here. I, I think Lat Murray's good, dude. He is. He's just like you said, you hit it on the net. He's just old. And that's like with running backs, man, they're getting hit like, by 300 pound guys dude and it's like i just feel like the older running backs get the more it's like the frail you know the more they become so we'll see though i i just hope overall the broncos turn it around man like i know a lot of people are rooting for broncos and and i i think one you know valid question is like that we have to ask ourselves is like russell wilson is the expectations that denver has for russell wilson are a lot different than the expectations than Seattle had for Russell Wilson, right? Like, would you say there's a difference here? Because I feel like, I don't know, we maybe put, like, the same category of, like, okay, we haven't had a really good quarterback since Peyton Manning. Russ could be in that category of greatness for Broncos, you know, and it just hasn't happened yet. So, I don't know, bro. I hope Broncos turn it around. But I'm sorry. Enough about the Broncos. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're good, bro. Um, yeah, dude, you got any more news for us for the week before we do a little fantasy recap breakdown? Or no, dude. For I think uh, we're we're keeping tabs on the Odell situation. Um, hasn't mm-hmm. been anything new related to that, but I did mention early on that uh, you know the NFL trade deadline's coming up, um, which is kind of crazy, dude. We're already gonna be like six weeks into the season. I swear seven's coming up. Dude, I swear you and I were just like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, the season, we can't wait for it to start. <laughs> and now we're six weeks in. So so things are moving relatively quickly. But no, dude, let's talk fantasy. Any any good players you like this past week? Sleepers, home runs. <laughs> I mean, I I would have to say, like, sleeper, right? Like, if Geno Smith is still available in your league at quarterback and you need a quarterback, pick the guy up, man. His QBR every week is over 100. He's not making mistakes. I, I would have to say, 
from a quarterback standpoint, he's my favorite sleeper or pickup. But, dude, we got to talk about Mark Andrews again. This guy is an absolute dog week after week, bro. We're talking seven-plus receptions in PPR. We're talking favorite touchdown target for Lamar Jackson, dude. So I think if you can trade for Mark Andrews, especially with the Ravens right now, needing to win games, needing to get touchdowns, Mark Andrews is going to be that guy. So I could see him putting up a consistent 20 points from here on out, dude, if he continues to get seven-plus receptions. Because I see him getting a lot of touchdowns in the future, man. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair target. He's definitely probably one of the easily most targeted tight ends in the NFL, especially for red zone. Um, so I'm going to throw out Gabe Davis. I've talked about Gabe Davis on the show before. Um, I think overall he's a pretty much of a sleeper wide receiver. He he might be a good flex, honestly. I know he only got three receptions this past game, but the one thing I think that's a huge plus in his in his benefit is the fact that he gets the long ball. Right. Like oftentimes they're going to do double coverage on digs and Gabe Davis is going to run a 45 to 60 yard route and Josh Allen is going to fucking drill him on the dime. Right. So like you always have that potential, I think, especially with the offense that the bills are running. So uh, he's certainly someone I like. And I wouldn't say he's a sleeper. He's definitely more in the category of probably, you know, easily top 25 for the season maybe even top top 15 even but he's someone i certainly like fair bro yeah those are those are great picks and i know you've been on gabe davis right since the beginning and i want to throw out a name that we both been on since the beginning running back for the giants position rank number two mr saquon barkley my guy go and trade for this guy giants are five and one He's the heart and engine of this offense. They run through him. But then another name I want to throw out, just real quick, last one for me, Jamar Chase, my guy. Might be finding his stroke with Joe Burrow again. He went two touchdowns, seven receptions, 132 yards this week. Moved him all the way up to position rank number six. And we know that Joe and Jamar have that chemistry, have had that chemistry since college. So, that's another guy that each week that if they've found their stroke, the Bengals, that I expect him to be putting up a lot of points. No, but great pick. Great pick overall for sure. And, dude, I, w- I would throw out players to trade for. I would even be open to trading for Jalen Hurts. I would say, again, we talked about the Cowboys and the Eagles early on, bro. But Jalen Hurts, I would say, is a great quarterback, not only from a passing standpoint, but the dude also can run, like, and he's pretty fast. So um, I think you really have a benefit knowing that he's your quarterback, and the and honestly, the benefit knowing that the Eagles potentially could go really far this year. So you know, I think I think that's always something to think about. Last player I'm going to talk about for fantasy, David Njoku. I, I think I messed this up. I'm spelling saying his name wrong but he's the tight end for um cleveland browns bro let me give you some quick fantasy stats for you ready so he had eight points this last week not terrible the week before that he had 14 the week before that he had practically 10 the week before that he had 24 so this tight end you think about the cleveland browns right they're certainly working through some things from an offensive standpoint um, this tight end certainly getting targets and he's getting targeted in the red zone, man. So if Joe uh, or Nick Chubb isn't getting the touchdowns, 
Joku's got a high probability of getting one. So, yeah, David and Joku, I like that pick, my guy. You know, you got Amari Cooper too, bunching some touchdowns, but that's just another big tight end who's going to get red zone targets. So, I'm all over that. I like that pick, my guy. Uh, absolutely. Well, dude, there's, I mean, we got to give the degenerates things that not everyone's going to know, right? So, it's all absolutely. what it's about. Uh, but, dude, NHL, your your fucking baby, your love. It mm-hmm. fucking what? What? I, I know NBA is like it tipped off, right? Soccer's a kickoff. What's what's it like a what is it like a puck drop? A, a puck drop. Yep. Nice. I love it. it. I love it. Oh, okay. So, so talk to me. Talk to me. What is it? Is it almost a week now that we've been in in NHL practically? Yeah, it's actually a week today. You know that the season's been rolling and. The puck slides a lot of different ways, my guy, as I was telling you before this pod. And it's early. You know, we're a weekend. I don't want to make too drastic of calls, right? Because I'm still trying to figure out all these teams. It's new looks, right? Like, I'll give you some teams that I really do like the way that they've played this first week. I think the Colorado Avalanche have played well, but have not reached their potential to play the best. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are a menacing team so far this week. They were good last week. And then another team I'm going to throw out is the Calgary Flames, bro. They're looking really good on the ice. You got the Rangers who look good. You have Tampa Bay who's actually been struggling, dude. They're one in three. We're talking about the team that went to the Cup starting the season one and three. Andre Vasilevsky, he's been letting a lot of pucks by. But, yeah, man, we're going to have a much more detailed NHL segment next week. But as of right now for the first week, bro, it's hard to get a gauge, right? Like it's the first time you get to see these guys playing back-to-backs. The abs looked terrible on their first back-to-back. They're tired. That's a tough task to ask. Boston today looked terrible on a back-to-back loss to the Ottawa Senators. So, yes, the season is kicked off. But to get into the rhythm and to really know who's good, right? We're going to need a couple more weeks, in my opinion. But the best hockey has yet to be played is what you're telling me. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's just getting the burners loose and warm right now. You know, we see teams like the Coyotes upset in Toronto, who Toronto, I think, is kind of a fraud team this year. We'll talk more about that as we get into it. But, yeah, man, I've been loving hockey. The Dallas Stars look really good to start the season. But – it's all about those first couple weeks, right? Like, you're, are you good? Are you bad? What adjustments do you need to make? And especially with hockey, with such a grueling schedule they have, back-to-back games all the time, two days rest, it it's, comes down to endurance if you can stay healthy. But if I had to throw three teams out here that are impressing me the most right now, I would have to roll with the Carolina Hurricanes, the Colorado Avalanche, and then it's a tie between – the New York Rangers, the Calgary Flames, and kind of a, a an upset underdog right now is the Dallas Stars, who are yet to lose a hockey game. But damn, wow. defensively, defensively speaking, this is a great fucking hockey team, man. This is a team that is usually an underdog, usually not expected to win so far this season. But goddamn, Jake Ottinger, hell of a goalie. Defense looks sound. They're getting goals when they need it. So that's what I got right now. And the most disappointing team in hockey right now, Tampa Bay Lightning starting the season one and three. You potentially have the best goalie in the world with like an 88 save percentage, which is terrible right wow. now. 
Yeah, so Shesterkin, the Rangers goalie, is definitely looking to have the title of the best goalie in the NHL right now. So quick little so- hockey segment tonight. We're going to let the cards play out a little more before the next pod and uh, kind of see where these teams are in the standings after, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 games. Right now we're just 3, 4 games in. So it's a little hard to tell, you know what I'm saying? I love it, dude. That was perfect. That was a beautiful wrap-up of where I think NHL's at this moment. And you, you kind of nailed it on the head with your whole love because my love had a tip-off tonight. That was NBA, bro. And I know we talked about this. And we bet on this. And, dude, I was so excited for this to happen. I really was, bro. We tipped off tonight with the 76ers versus the Celtics. Um, you know, this game, this game was su- quite surprising to me. One or two reasons why. One, I think the 76ers are a lot better of a team than what they showed on tonight. Two, I will say James Harden. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm impressed with James Harden off of NBA tip-off, bro. Let me just say that, okay? James played really well. I believe he had four three-pointers over what? I think over 30 points. Um, but played really, really well. Embiid, I believe, had 26 Maxi played well. So so I think this team's gonna gel and I think this team will definitely be a top three team in the in the East, honestly. I really, really, truly believe that. Um Celtics are a good team though, right? Like they have the young talent. We talked about it last season on the pod when they were versing the Warriors for, for this championship. So so I think they're we knew that they were gonna have a good squad. The the whole it's gonna be interesting to see how they do with this new coach, right? It's the first game um, that obviously their, their original coach that he had a whole um, saga kind of with him regarding relations with an employee of the Celtics. So you can go do your own research and, and look more into that, but he will not be coaching the Celtics this full season. So they will actually have this interim head coach um, for the season. So like I said, I don't know how much, of a role that's going to play later on down the season. Right. So, um, but this guy's like the youngest NBA head coach ever. So. Yeah. Wow. And I know I texted you, man, nothing says NBA more than James Harden at the free throw line, dude. I mean, this guy, I couldn't believe his point total. I think it was at 16 or something. And I was like, yeah, this is fishy. I'm not touching it, but it doesn't surprise me. James Harden's a dog. He put up 35. He's going to be one of these guys for this Phillies team. He's going to be putting up stat lines like that day in and day out. If this Philly team's going to advance, but yeah, man, Celtics, they made it to the NBA championship last year. They didn't make any too big of moves. They got Malcolm Brogdon, who I think is a great pickup, put up 16 off the bench today. I think he could be a massive X factor that they're missing in this last uh, playoff run. But yeah, I think that overall, I wasn't too disappointed with anyone's play in this game. And I, I'm not surprised that the Celtics won this game by nine points, right? Like I figured it would be somewhat close. But I think the Celtics are the more better developed, put together, chemistry based team in this situation. So, and you're playing at home. And you're playing at home. You do have that factor, which I, I think is is a huge factor when it comes to you know actually uh, you know winning games because I, I think it really matters in the NBA. Honestly, being on home court advantage, everything like that. Um, speaking of another team that had home court advantage tonight, Golden State Warriors versus Los Angeles Lakers. 
another great tip-off game tonight. Warriors got their ring ceremony um, before the game. These were incredible rings, man. Like, highly recommend you guys go and look at pictures of these things because these are ridiculous. I think, like, Steph had, like, a custom one for, like, the amount of points that he had. It was, like, the amount of diamonds, like the small diamonds that were on his ring. It was stupid. They were they were diving into this. They played the Lakers. They beat the Lakers by, I believe, 14 tonight, 123 to 109. Um, I mean, I think we kind of expected this, right? Um, I rode the line at 14 and a half. <laughs> so, so luckily, the, the line hit for me on this. But um, Warriors, man, right? They, they won the ship last year. They're a really good team. Despite this offseason drama with Jordan Poole and Draymond, um, I mean, we expect probably – let me know if you disagree with me, but probably top three in the West. Oh, I, I think easily, man. You know, this is a dynasty in sports and potentially the only dynasty that we've seen in sports, right? Like you lose KD, but you still got the Splash Brothers, Curry and Thompson. You got this Jordan Poole cat off the bench who's doing really well. Draymond, he's not impressive stat-wise speaking, but he's the heart and soul of this team in terms of leadership, getting these guys up, doing the dirty work. So I'm not surprised about this outcome, but what I am surprised about is old man James, bro. 35 (laughs) minutes, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 31 points. When's this cat going to decline, bro? Like, seriously, he is truly just a remarkable specimen in the game of basketball, something that I have never seen before. Year after year of dominance like this, bro, like, yeah, you lost by 14 on the road, but my God, you're carrying this team. You got AD helping you, right, playing 36 minutes alongside you. Westbrook seemed like he had a decent game. Maybe they figured out how he's going to play into this system a little bit better, but goodness gracious, man, LeBron, just to start the season like that. Are we expecting another massive year for LeBron, a potential MVP season, or is there no way he's too old, his body's not going to let him play 82 games like that? Mm, I don't know, man. The MVP race is so tough, right? Like, I think you have to think of Titans that are scoring. Not to say LeBron's not, right? But he, LeBron will give you a consistent 31-7-8 and eight across the board, right? And maybe the MVP is going to be fucking 35 to like 38 points with nine assists and nine rebounds type thing, right? So like he no doubt is there, but just with the competition level, right? Like with Giannis and Tavin Bede in there and even Jokic in there, I just think I just think it's really, really tough. But to go on the fact that like this is a dynasty team man like this is a a group that's been with each other for quite some time now they've got four ships in the last eight years i believe so obviously obviously pretty good in my opinion but uh lakers i mean dude from a lakers fan perspective lakers didn't look bad tonight i think there's things that they're gonna need to iron out new coach um with darvin ham and um yeah, I mean, AD, dude, AD, the offense has to run through AD. AD has to be scoring 30 points a game minimum. AD needs to be in the top five MVP talk. He really has to be. That's the only way I see it that the Lakers go go deep. Like, LeBron is not going to be able I, – I feel like not to say that he can't do it, but, like, he's not going to be able to take on – he's not 2017 LeBron, right? He's not going to be able to take on the Warriors all by himself again. So – 
Lakers got to step up. Russ had a decent game, like you mentioned. Um, we'll see how he works with Pat Bev, but I think there's hope for LA. Yeah, I think there's hope for LA too. And we'll see with Anthony Davis being a top five potential MVP candidate. He's just made a glass lately, man. He's always getting hurt. He doesn't okay. seem like he's right. as strong as some of these other players out here. Um, he's still a remarkable player, don't get me wrong, but Cat's going to have to dig deep and like find something inside him to really propel this team to being a playoff contending championship team because LeBron's there after tonight, in my opinion. Can we get AD a little bit better, a little bit more dog like LeBron has. Um, and then Westbrook, right? He's also just an unbelievable specimen, dude. Something we hadn't seen in the game before, right? In terms of quickness, explosiveness. So the pieces are there in LA. It's just a matter of if they can stay healthy and if they can make it work, in my opinion. Yep, that's facts. That's facts. Well, dude, I think that's going to wrap up uh... – our NBA little top off. Dude, there's so much more to come. It's just tip off. So we only talked about two games. Uh, but I'm going to kick it over to you to wrap up kind of our sports segment. And uh, this is what your second love, your second sport. Uh, this is baseball, bro. So give us an update on the bases. I know we're, what, deep in the playoffs now? A couple teams left. So here oh, yeah. Yeah, and my second love, I mean, I don't know. I've got multiple loves. I cheat on all of them because I (laughs) fucking love them all so much. But MLB update, last time you guys were with me, it was uh, Dodgers and Padres, Guardians and Yankees, and Mariners and Astros. And I'll start with Mariners and Astros. Mariners got swept, but the final game went 18 innings. Astros win 1-0. So they have advanced. They're waiting to play their first game tomorrow. Today, the Guardians got eliminated by the Yankees. There was a three-hour rain delay last night, McKay. They were trying to kick this game off in New York at like 11 p.m. And they were like, okay, we're just going to have to play tomorrow. And that allowed one of the Yankees' really good pitchers, their number two, Nestor Cortez, to get an extra day of rest. So he comes into this game. Yankees win it pretty easily against the Guardians. So kind of a tough break for the Guardians. I loved watching a youngest team in the playoffs, followed by the Mariners' second youngest. But both of them are gone. And then the big story, man, the L.A. Dodgers, the giant, they are gone. Get the hell out of here. The Padres beat you. Smell you later, L.A. Better luck next year. And the Padres are actually playing the Phillies right now. And that is an unbelievable series. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. But that's all I got. Just a little update with baseball, man. We're down to the final four teams here. We got San Diego going up against... Um, the Phillies, and then we've got the Astros going up against the Yankees, dude. So just four teams left. We're right down to the wire here, and I can't fucking wait, man. Baseball is so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. So Yeah, I mean, based on what I'm hearing on ESPN, dude, this sounds unpredictable. And I know you fucking were telling me that like the Dodgers were like supposed to be one of the best teams in the league this year. So the fact that when I saw that they got knocked out, I was like, oh, shit, dude. Anything really has happened in baseball. Yeah, man. And we can even talk about the Braves, World Series champs. Yeah, too. Yeah. Dude, the Mets had the two best pitchers yeah. in baseball, <laughs> potentially, dude. Like, like it's, um, been, it's been an absolutely crazy playoff, dude. To my memory, one of the craziest recently. And I'm loving every bit of it, man. Give me these underdog teams. Give me these new faces in the playoffs. I'm tired of seeing the fucking Dodgers every year in the playoffs and the Astros who are still in it. I'm brooding against them too. Cause I just want to see new faces, bro. I want to see 
new players grab a ring, and that's the beauty of baseball. 162-game season comes down to a five-game series. You better bring your fucking game. And these younger teams, these teams that didn't get a shot, they're knocking off the Giants, bro. Mets, gone. Braves, gone. Dodgers, gone. The only other really like big giant is the Astros and I'm hoping that the Yankees get them but I don't know man Astros have had the Yankees number in recent times past and the the Yankees they spend the most fucking money in baseball so it's kind of a lose-lose I'm hoping either the Padres or the Phillies take the, the World Series this year but a lot of ball left to play uh we're gonna have to see what happens oh, I love it dude that was a perfect MLB segment perfect wrap-up and dude we're gonna we're going to be getting this until the end of the season. So um, I love that. Thank you for that. Moving on, dude. This is our brand new segment. We mentioned it earlier. Picks, bro. This is going to be our picks for degenerates. We're going to give two picks. Um, could be in any sport. Could be anything from player prop to a game line, whatever. Um, but I will go ahead and kick us off here um, with my pick of the week. And it's going to be an NFL pick. And it is the Lions versus the Cowboys. And that game is this Sunday at 11. So it's going to be on the early morning slate. And I'm going to tell you live lines at the moment. Dallas Cowboys at a minus seven line is at a minus 105. And I honestly really, really like that. I think the Cowboys defense, you saw it even against Philly. Um, You know, Philly has a... Philly has one of the top-ranked offenses, and they barely beat the Cowboys, who is missing their quarterback practically. So I think it all comes down to defense, and I like the Cowboys minus seven on this for my first pick. Fair, bro. I, I can respect that. Um, mine's, I'm going to give my first pick. It's going to be two hockey games today, actually. I'm looking through the week, and this seems to be, in my opinion, the most favorable games that you're going to get. Uh, Take Florida tomorrow on the money line against Philadelphia, who actually upset Tampa Bay tonight. But playing back-to-back is really hard. Florida's going to have fresh legs. I'm going to tell you to take the Florida Panthers tomorrow in hockey. They will beat Philadelphia, especially on a back-to-back. Florida is too good of a team, in my opinion, especially on day's rest to lose to somebody on a back-to-back like that. So that's my first pick. If you want to sauce out your like second that. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get my second pick. I'm going to get this pot out tomorrow morning, hopefully. So, Because my pick falls on NBA tip-off day two. That's right. We're betting basketball, baby. Uh, and I got to go with the home team, Denver Nuggets versus Utah Jazz. Here's why. Denver Nuggets not only got Jamal Murray back and Michael Porter Jr. back, but – we saw this offseason. Utah had an absolute fire sale of their team. They got rid of Gobert, who they sent to Minnesota. And then they got rid of Spider Mitchell. That's right, Donovan Mitchell. He's with the Cleveland Cavaliers now. So I honestly don't think you have a lot of firepower in Utah right now. I think they're definitely in the rebuilding phase. And they may go after that star player, that star prospect we talked about last week. Go back and watch last week's uh, pod to hear about who we talked about um so give me the nuggets at minus seven and a half tomorrow bro against the utah jazz lock yeah it. i i really like that bro that's a good one especially hearing the jazz all these moves they're making bro they're totally tanking to try and get this guy aren't they like they have to be 
I, I think at this point, there's a lot of really good teams that like have a lot of good opportunity, right? Like you got the Pelicans, Zion's back. You know they're gonna make trying to make a playoff run this year. So you have other like I think the other team that can potentially make a trip for this is the Charlotte Hornets, man. Like I'm seeing a lot of bad stuff. I think another one of their players just got like arrested for a DUI or something like that. Like one of their prospects, I'm not even joking. Go in and look into this. But yeah, so I don't know, man. Um I, I think Utah is definitely rebuilding. Let me say that. Yeah, fair, man. Uh, definitely interesting to see. I hope the Nuggets take it tomorrow. I agree with you. I think they will. Um, I'll wrap up here with uh, my second pick. Um, it's going to be on Friday, October 21st, staying with the Colorado theme here. I'm taking the abs on the ice over the Seattle Kraken, who you have said you might be following a little bit. Philip Grubauer coming back to Denver. He hasn't been very bad. Um, and Darcy Kemper to Washington hasn't been great either. The Avs are great at trading goalies and then tanking afterwards. So love to see that. <laughs> but take the Avs uh, on, on the money line. Potentially even the puck line if you're feeling frisky because there's no way a team like this on a day's rest is going to lose to the Kraken. And then I'll also tell you guys not to take these right, but these are potential leans that are going to be happening on Thursday. New York Rangers going up against San Jose at home, right? You got Igor Shosturkin, the best goalie in the league, against a San Jose team who hasn't won a hockey game 0-4, the only team 0-4 at this point. And then the Calgary Flames, which is a team that I said I really like this year, the way they're playing so far. Now some cadres there. Take the Calgary Flames at home Thursday night against the Buffalo Sabres. So... Two picks for me are, yes, the Avs are going to win. Yes, the Panthers are going to win. And then if you're feeling frisky, lean over and hit that New York Rangers and Calgary Flames game on Thursday. Lock it in, Degenerates. We're giving you two two picks every week, every week moving forward. So we're, we're going to be keeping score. And, uh, yeah, so with that, that's our pig segment. Lock that shit in. And remember, smart unit size, everyone, all right? That's the big thing, all right? We're not in it to lose money, all right, you fucking degenerates. We're trying to make money, all right? So be smart with your unit size. Uh, With that, let's move on. Segment three, fresh off the press. This is our brand new segment we introduced last week, giving you pretty much the top headline news stories that don't really follow into kind of our business segment, which will follow right after this. Um, So kicking it off, I talked about the best thing I saw this week, Brad Berry. Tennessee beat Alabama in this SEC matchup, 51-48. Big headline. It broke the goalpost. I'm all for this. Thoughts on this game? It doesn't surprise me too much, man. Alabama has not looked as dominant as they have, right? This is a close game. Tennessee's a really good team, but... Usually I'm used to seeing Bama win by 30, 40 each week. Right. And so far, looking at the games, it just hasn't been the case this year. So when you're going up against a good opponent like this, top 10 ranked, like good for Tennessee, right? You know they're fired up. Everyone gets fired up to play Alabama. And if Alabama doesn't bring that championship edge that Saban has had for, what, the past decade, like mm-hmm. you're going to be thrown off your game because you know your opponent's going 250% at your throat the entire game. But right. hell of a game, hell of a high-scoring game. Good for Tennessee, in my opinion, dude. I'd I love to see it. Props to them, honestly. Well, the, I don't watch college football, but like we're obviously we'll keep an update on, on how their season's looking. But, yeah, I mean – well, Bama probably will still be in one of the top spots, right, at the end of the season. But 
what their quarterback is also hurt, right? So yeah. So I think that also plays a large factor into it. We'll see though. Uh, dude, crazy things happening with our friends in Canada. Okay, and uh, get this crazy headline that I recently heard about. Uber is now delivering weed in Toronto, bro. So <laughs> Uber eats, Uber smokes, bro. <laughs> like this is crazy. Good for good for Canadians, I guess. This is I, I imagine there's some type of regulation behind this, right? To verify identities and everything like that, but certainly a progressive move forward. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. We've seen Uber tap into the grocery business, right? Like the commercials with get your groceries through or get your paper towels, whatever you need and food. Obviously, I know that they've actually tapped into like stores such as like Hollister and other shit. Like if you want to get a shirt through them, like these guys are expanding hella and it doesn't surprise me that they've tapped into the weed game. I, I expect this to kind of branch out in the United States. As you said, you know, you need verification, make sure people are old enough and all that. But this is this is pretty crazy, man. Uber is somewhat becoming a conglomerate and delivery businesses, right? Like they're just going to continue to eat yeah. industries. <laughs> Anything you want, we will deliver. <laughs> we are Uber and we are massive. <laughs> we will deliver anything <laughs> uh crazy crazy so yeah i mean you bring up this potentially happening in the united states obviously there's progress um related to i think overall from a federal standpoint right marijuana still classified as um you know one of those drugs that certainly falls out of the scope of legalization but here in colorado or in Washington or other states, it's obviously obviously legalized and runs as a normal business. But I think you know Uber would certainly make a jump into that. Have has the United States? I think eventually will. I think a lot of people will agree with me that the United States will eventually legalize right marijuana. And so, from a federal standpoint, and so I think if that did happen, Uber, we will certainly be seeing that here in the U.S. for sure. Yeah, I don't see any reason why not, right? Like, if they're branching out in Toronto, might as well just expand your markets in the United States, right? Like, they're they're out here trying to make the bag. Anything you need, like you said, Uber's got you. <laughs> they will deliver it. So, keeping tabs on that. Uh, dude, recent report, Chick-fil-A ranked as the favorite restaurant, favorite fast food chain, I should say, among Gen Z. But get this. They actually have the slowest drive-through time at an average time of 325 seconds. Thoughts on this before I say something on this. But let me, let me ask you two twofold questions. One, are you surprised that it's the top restaurant for Gen Z, which is kind of you know the young younger 18 to 30? I don't know, or maybe even lower than that. I don't fucking know. And then second. Let's talk about drive-through time. I believe the quickest time was actually Taco Bell and KFC. So, yeah. So, thoughts? Well, I, I'm surprised Taco Bell is the quickest. I wouldn't expect them to be up there. But my thoughts on Chick-fil-A, dude, like this shows that if it's the favorite restaurant for Gen Z, like they're willing to wait their 325 seconds to get their chicken. Yeah. And I think that that can also go to show is these guys are probably busier than most restaurants in the drive-thru. Got a lot of orders, got a lot of shit going on. 
Um, it, it doesn't surprise me, right? Like 325 seconds. We're not talking about too much time in your day to get your chicken. If you like that chicken, you're not going to Popeye's down minutes, the street. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's an average of five minutes. And to piggyback on your point, bro, I agree with everything you've said. And I'm going to also add in, listen, people, the reason why you're able to go through Taco Bell so quickly, look at the ingredients for Chick-fil-A. And then look at the ingredients we're talking about. Okay, you cannot you cannot cook chicken too quick. All right, you got to have it at the right temperature. Right. So I think I think when it comes down to it, let's look at the quality of the things that we're eating. Right. And if I have to wait a little longer because I know the food is, in my opinion, somewhat healthier, then so be it. Right. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, bro. Your body is your temple. Like, take care of it. Don't don't feed it junk all the time or else, you know, you're going to go off the rails. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Gen Z's fuck the drive through time, right? Like, it's good chicken. Go get it, man. Good quality. So that's my take on it. Uh, last question for you. What's your favorite fast fast food or drive through Ooh, that's a tough one, bro. I don't eat too much fast food anymore, honestly. Um, yeah. But if I'm feeling grimy, bro, give me McDonald's. Give me two double cheeseburgers, bro. I okay. fucking and their fries, bro. I love okay. it. So that's yeah. my favorite. Fries. Dude, Mickey D's, Mickey D's fries is like a classic thing. Dude. That's that's so that's so classic, dude. I'm I'm kind of in this boat. I love Chick Fil A so much. I have one like I don't know less than 15 minutes from my house. And I'll always go down there. And you know, for high school, bro, I probably spent thousands at that Chick-fil-A. Damn, bro. God, all the years just going there. So, yeah, I'll wait for it. Good take. I like it. Take care of your body, people, even if it means waiting a a whole total of an average of five minutes. So be it. Yeah, bro. And I'll echo to your point too, dude. Chick-fil-A's since high school, like you said, they're consistent. They're good. They, they haven't fucked up. Produce great. You're not going to go to Chick-fil-A and be like, shit, I had a really good chicken sandwich last time. This time, this chicken sandwich was shit. Right? You're not going to say that. No, you're not. It's it's consistent quality. And I'm pissed that they're closed on Sundays because I'm always craving chicken minis before Everyone football. Fuck. I'm always so right. All right. Moving on, dude. On, not really, like, this is kind of crazy. This headline, I had to do a double take. I had to do additional research behind it. But listen to this shit, bro. Alaska snow crab season was canceled this year, this winter, after an estimated 1 billion crabs, or a.k.a. 90% of the population, disappeared within the last two years. Bro, this is so baffling to me. I read through a number of articles to try to get more information on this. And nobody, no scientists, nobody really has the answer as to where these crabs are going. Like, and here's the thing. It's not like we're finding them washed up on beaches or anything. Like, they're just disappearing. So, like, I saw some reports and some theories were saying they're fucking dead. Like, they're at the bottom of the ocean. They're dead. I said, okay. And other reports of theories saying, you know, ice is melting quicker in Alaska. And so water temperatures are getting warmer. And so they're having to go to different water or to different whatever. So I've heard a number of theories. But, dude, overall, one billion crabs, that is baffling, bro. Something, this is fishy to me, bro. Is something else not going on? 
I mean, yeah, I think the most baffling part of this is you have no idea where these billion crabs have gone. Like, you can't find them. <laughs> it's like, yes, maybe they're sitting at the bottom of the ocean, but yes, maybe they've migrated. Both of those are making sense. Um, the water temperature, right? Maybe these crabs are getting out of here. But, dude, that you have 90% of the crab population gone and you don't know where they've gone. I mean, what? That that is ridiculous, my guy. I appreciate you bringing that to light because I know when people hear that, they're gonna be looking on their phones like nine. Oh, is he is he spitting yeah. shit out of his yeah. mouth? A billion crabs. Here I read headlines like this, man, and it's just the way I think. And it's are you with me? Maybe I don't know. My instant thought is people are gonna push the climate change agenda, right? Climate activists are gonna call this and say. Regardless of what it is, I'm sure it plays a part into it, but climate activists and whatever are saying, you know, 90% are getting knocked out from climate change. I believe that, dude, that when things like this, when food chains get disrupted, when supply chains get disrupted, I think this has opportunities for other people with maybe not right motives to come in and to be like, here's an alternative to crab. Right. Like we, we don't have any more crap. So I've made a genetically modified crap. And I don't know if this is happening. I honestly swear to God, I don't. But like, if that comes out, bro, just know I said it here on this pod and I won't be eating crab ever again, bro. Like it, it's just fishy to me, bro. It's fishy. You can't, you fucking, we have some of the smartest people. We're getting some of the smartest institutions. And you're telling me we don't know what the fuck happened here? That they all just randomly disappeared. We have no clue whatsoever. But yeah, climate change probably. Come on. Dude, and, and not to mention, it's a billion crabs for fuck's sake, bro. We're talking about a massive scale number here. And what about what about Sally that moved to Alaska because she loves her crab? Is she not going to be able to fucking eat her crab this season? Like, what is she going to eat? Bread? Pasta? <laughs> I mean, this is baffling, my guy. I think you you raise a good point with potential replacements for crab. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if people are working on that too, but yeah, it opens up the market for sure. So you think of that. You think of that potential negative opportunity for us, right? Someone's going to try to profit off off of this. Sadly, someone will try and do it, right? But then you look at the outside negative rippling effects. We think about that's a billion crab. That's a billion crab that are part of an ecosystem in the Alaskan waters that fish eat that and other fish eat those fish. So when that just disappears, that becomes almost some like a famine for some of those mm -hmm. fish that are known to eat those. Right. And there's, mm -hmm. you can do the law of numbers and averages and see, you know, how much consumption is done. But I imagine this is going to have some type of drastic effect on the ecosystem underwater right oh yeah i think that you raise another great point with that man like if you're eliminating some of these fish's food source that's the crab what are they going to eat how are they going to survive so definitely interesting bro something to keep a tab on with uh alaska's water um species right like here here goes the crabs like what's next right Crazy, absolute crazy things. But that's what we do here on TTS, you guys. We give you the fucking shit you should know about. So keep tabs on this and watch out for 
fake crab that gets produced by some billionaire here in the next two months. And just remember, I said it here first on DPS. <laughs> uh, moving on, dude. Last week, we talked about a bunch of shit regarding cheating scandals and competitions. And we hit on the fact that there was a Ohio fishing competition that had a large payout. And, you know, the two individuals, I believe it was one or two guys, they were fucking putting weights and shit in their fish, right? Trying to make them heavier, trying to outweigh the competition. So just like stupid shit like that. They actually are potentially facing huge fines now because of how crazy and how big this went. And not only that, their licenses may potentially get suspended. So crazy, crazy shit. We were just talking about this last week, but like, I, I don't know what will happen. That's what's just being thrown around. But like, I don't know, justice maybe, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes me feel good in some sense, right? Cheaters are going to get punished as they should. Don't cheat. Just follow the rules. Be chill. And like like you said, they potentially ruined tournaments for fishing, right? Putting That's weights so in the fish, metal. Like, come on. Come on, guys. So I'm, I'm ha- I would be happy to see these guys banned from fishing. Maybe licenses, maybe you can still fish at a friendly level. But in terms of co- competing, like... No, no more of that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And th- this was absolutely, like, just just crazy, bro. So we talked about this last week. Go back and listen to last week's pod. Uh, but, dude, nothing will be crazier as, as what I'm about to talk to you about with this headline. And uh, I just want – before we talk about this, I just don't think – and we can debate this if you'd like. I don't think this would ever happen in the United States. And let me explain why. So um, I'm, I'm sure some people are familiar with K-pop band BTS. Um, if you haven't, I'm sure you're very familiar with one of their songs, probably on commercials, very popular on TV and commercials and whatnot. Um, so they're actually from South Korea. And um, due to the nature of how you know South Korea's military runs and everything like that, um, they will actually be required to to serve in the South Korean military as part of, you know, I, I don't know if it's it's growing, like if you grow up in South Korea kind of thing, or so listen to this, uh, BTS members will have five weeks of combat, tra- uh, combat training before being assigned to specific units and duties um, according to officials at the Military Manpower Administration, who stressed that the singers would go would undergo the same process as South Korean men. Um, so this is due to kind of a, in my opinion, kind of a crazy. I, it must be a law that South Korea South Korea's military has that they actually enlist, you know, entertainers and, and everything like that. Um, but bro, going back to my point and what I originally said is this won't ever happen in the US, right? Like if you're, you make enough money, you're uh, an artist or anything like that, dude. You, this isn't something I don't think you worry about, right? But this to me, bro, is crazy, right? Like, isn't that someone, I mean, they're, you think about they're entertainers on the world stage and now they're being, you know, drafted into the military. 
Yeah, and I think that if you do live in America, you should be fortunate for that because we yeah. are a free country, man, and we are a strong country. Someone such as South Korea, right? It's uh, I guess they they need the K-pop band too, you know, to be holding the guns, leading the force and stuff. And this actually, McKay, brings me back to thinking about the Soviet Union regime, you know, before Russia became Russia. We had great hockey players playing for the Soviet national team on the standard of the NHL players, but they were in a 15-year contract with the Soviet military. They were not allowed to go play multi-million dollar hockey in the NHL in the United States, right? Like, it's just the way some countries are and tie to their people. So I, I this is crazy to me. It's hard for me to speak from this country's standpoint without knowing it, but I, I will definitely agree with you. This is something that would not happen in the United States. And just so just so I clarify, and this is from AP News here. So under South Korean law, most AB bottled men are required to perform 18 to 21, 18 to 21 months of military service. Um, some exemptions have been granted for specific athletes and artists, but there's obviously like a process you have to go through. So kind of crazy, man. Like this is, I don't know, like this is, you know. <laughs> Certainly something I don't think that would happen here in the U.S. But uh, speaking of shit that doesn't happen here in the U.S., I don't know, maybe. Listen to this, bro. Iconic Vincent Van Gogh painting, bro. Highly recommend you go and watch this video or go click on the link, right? Maybe I'll drop it for the audience and 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 you can see for yourself. But So there's a Vincent Van Gogh painting and these climate activists here um it was regarding kind of like a, a fossil fuel um protest right and so they're in the london gallery and the the painting is van gogh's sunflowers apparently and what happened is these protesters actually decided to throw tomato soup on the painting and, and ruin the painting they then decided to glue themselves to the wall. Um, and so you can go and see this video. Like I'm not fucking making this up. This is real shit that happened. Um, there's been a lot of arrests and regarding this apparently. So um, yeah, I mean, this is in relation to fossil fuels, but dude, to me, this just ain't it, man. This, this, this ain't it, man. Ruining, ruining other people's prized possessions just so you can make a stand. Uh, this ain't it. I don't know. Vincent Van Gogh, man, this was long, long time before you're not going to be able to have a conversation with him about climate activity or fossil fuels, man. He was just painting his painting. And I, I think this ain't it. This looks bad for, for protests and things like that. So thoughts on this. Yeah, man. Fucking climate activists. I don't know who you guys are or who you think you are that you have the right to throw soup on a dude's painting from centuries ago. Not to mention one of the most appraised painting artists like that we've ever seen. And then you glue yourselves to the wall like, what the hell is going on here? This is something that definitely wouldn't happen in America, my guy. You know what country this went down in by chance? I, I think this is the, the London Gallery. So I think London the, Gallery. Okay, so. Yeah, bro. Pretty crazy shit going on here and very just egregious activity yeah. from individuals, bro. Like yeah. what, 
what's what's the motivation behind it? I don't know. I don't know. Like you try to make and I know like sorry, I went back and read, I know the paintings, like the paintings totally fine. They're, apparently they have like a nice like gloss over it, so like they're able to just tear that back or whatever. So it's it's a protectant, a slight film if you, you will, but I know the painting's fine, but yeah, like I don't I think this does more harm than good. Let me just say that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know where your motivation comes from and like what point you're trying to make, but don't do it to an artist who's dead and is one of the most appraised of all time, bro. Like this is, this is ancient history we're talking about that you just ruined that we'll never see again. So it's kind of sad in my opinion. Yeah, no, but I think, I think the painting will be okay though. I think, I think the, based on this protecting or whatever, they said it should be fine. They'll be able to keep displaying it, but yeah, man, I just don't, I don't think it's the way to go. No doubt. Yeah. Just with a side of tomato soup on it now. (laughs) Just some Heinz tomato soup is what he likes. (laughs) Crazy shit, man. Another crazy headline. We talked about one last week. And that was college athletes signing some relatively big brand deals. Um, I believe we talked about Bronny James last week. He signed a deal. He's already got phase going. Um, he signed another deal. I think it was Nike. He's the first Nike, one of the first Nike athletes for, for his age group. And then now, bro, most recently, of course, I mean, daddy signed with him. Why not? So, uh, he recently signed a deal with um, Beats, bro. Beats headphones. So, yeah, good on him, bro. Bronny Jr. is making the bag out here. It seems like he's got his head in the right place. He's yeah. endorsing already before he's even yeah. in college, or maybe he just got to that level. But yeah, dude, I I can't remember a recent athlete to memory at this age no. being able to have these big of deals. It's crazy. And I know part of it's like being LeBron's son, but I mean, this is just a tip, right? Like this is early on. Just just recently that law's been passed where college athletes can start making money off their name and likeness or whatever, you know? So uh, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this in the future and probably even bigger fucking deals. So Yeah, I'd have to agree, bro. But what athlete coming up here is going to care carry such an influence like Bronny jr right like i don't know if i can think of anyone off the top of my head like this the only the only of- the only other one i can think of is the manning the manning kid wow. okay, yeah fair. yeah the next one in the manning line and i hear yeah. he's pretty badass but yeah that's fair but i think that also you got to pay your respects to Bronny, right like he's a guy <laughs> out here he could have lived his life in many different manners but He's out here signing endorsement deals. I know he's a gamer, obviously, signing with FaZe, yep. right? He likes the ball. So, uh, young man. kid. Yeah, a young kid who's kind of an anomaly out here, but a good head on his shoulders is the way that I would put it. Yep, I, I think that's fact. And I think, uh, like I said, we'll probably see more more big deals to be signed like this. So, all right, bro. Fresh off the press, we're wrapping up this segment. But we got one more hot topic, bro. And that's the Dan Snyder washington commander saga drama bro i'm gonna are you are you caught up to speed with everything that's going on i'll probably give a rundown for everyone just to be safe but have you been following this pretty closely yeah yeah fair amount so so okay so just so just so everyone's aware so dan snyder the owner of the washington commanders 
um, some allegations came out um, regarding, you know, his handling of the team. And it was in a very, very negative light. I'm not going to speak into those allegations because I don't know what's to be true at this point or not. So go ahead, look into those if you want. But just know there's allegations against him. Just know that there was talk about potentially getting him kicked from being the Washington Commanders owner. Um, And uh, last week, we kind of had a bombshell report dropped on ESPN that he had hired private investigators and had uh, you know, I talked with his uh, his law, uh, lawyer team and essentially was trying to dig up dirt on not only all the other owners, but uh, Commissioner Goodell as well. And so this came out last week and obviously there's a bunch of allegations already against him. And so a lot of negative light towards the Washington command, not only to the fact that there are, I think, like two and four now or maybe two and three now, maybe. Uh, but just really bad. And then today you had the owners meeting, the annual owners meeting when they were going to be discussing, you know, um, I believe like pass interference calls, rushing the passer calls and everything like this. Well, so this is an annual owners meeting. Every owner of the team gets together and, and they have this kind of meeting. So you think you what you got what 32 billionaires, something like that in a room, something like that. Right. <laughs> and so, you have this happen. Dan Snyder writes a letter to all the owners today. And pretty much in that in that letter, he pretty much denies all allegations, saying it was pretty much blasphemy that people are working against him to try to get him to sell the team. Um, he feels he's done nothing wrong, blah, blah, blah. So this is all going on on the now. Keep that in your mind. If all this were somehow to be, you know any of it leading to be wrong or showing that Snyder lied or anyway, they talked about owners and I don't know the process. This would be worth looking into, but owners could potentially kick him out or force him to sell the commanders. So you got Snyder saying one thing, you got owners having power over here. Like, I don't know, bro, this is fucking crazy. This is literally crazy to me. Like, this seems like a fucking TV show. Like someone should make a TV show about this, honestly. Yeah, bro. I mean, recent memory, I've never seen anything like it, right? No. Owners against owners trying to get this guy out. He <laughs> yeah. says you're lying. I mean, I, I don't think Schneider's going to end up having to sell the commanders. I don't know what kind of power, right, these other owners have, but it sounds like He's got a pretty good handle and reins on this team, regardless of how he wants to handle his business in whatever right. manner. But right. it sounds like he's doing everything he can to say, fuck you to everyone else. This is my team. I'm going to do things the way that I want to. And you're, you're not going to stop me, basically. Am I, am I wrong about that? Or No, I, I think I'm kind of getting the same sense. But I, and it sounds like this is like a sword he's willing to die on, right? Like he's willing to... God forbid they do try to kick him out. He's going to go to court, right? Like mm-hmm. someone's going to get sued. <laughs> so, so I think honestly, I think you're kind of right on that. This doesn't end up happening. Maybe this blows under the water. I don't really know, but it's crazy drama, dude. This is like, Oh my God. It's so funny. So funny. Yeah. Like I said, dude, I've never in any sport across the board seen anything like this, dude. 
ever, right? I mean, we've had some scandals here in the NBA or the NFL here and there, but nothing where the other owners are getting together to try and boot one guy out of the organization. You know what I'm saying? So crazy fucking story. I'm excited to see how this unfolds. And I agree with you. I think this might end up in court. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, who wins at that point, right? Like, we all just – we just – I'll just kind of view this and watch this. Um, so, so, so we'll actually see what actually happens from this. This may just be like smoke and mirrors, right? Like people trying to get the next big story or whatever, but I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this, bro. But Washington commanders, a lot of shit happening, man. So much drama in the world. Gotta love it. But that's going to wrap up fresh off the press. We're moving segment four, business, world news. We got a top 10, not not even a top 10, but kind of like the top 10 stories or under top 10 stories for you. We're, I'm going to kick it off now, bro. Uh, we're talking about Ye, and that's Mr. West, Kanye West. Uh, recent news, probably in a much negative light. Um, first thing, he, he kind of went off on a Drink Champs interview, which was, a lot of people didn't like pissed off a lot of people seen as very negative. But before we dive into that, I want to talk about something that happened before that. And JP Morgan, obviously JP Morgan Chase, big bank, if you bank with Chase, um, they kicked out Kanye. And they pretty much wrote a letter to him. And you can see this letter. This was posted on social media multiple times. Um, but it's pretty much saying he has to find a new bank. Right. That's what they're pretty much saying. So just so you know how much money Kanye reportedly said he's got 140 million in this account at Chase. So when you think about that, bro, I just want us to really digest that. A bank is kicking out someone with 140 million dollars because of things that he is saying. And not to say that what he's saying is right, wrong. I don't know, you know, good, bad. I think he's, I think he says a lot of things that um, piss off a lot of people, you know. I, I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know that. I've, I've always felt that. So I'll keep writing that as like we're all entitled to our own opinion. You believe what you believe. But, bro, from just like understanding this, someone with his type of, you know, appeal his type of net worth and to just be like, find a new bank. That's crazy to me. Yeah, bro. It's crazy to me too. Especially like you said, just a guy with his own opinions, his own thoughts. I remember following Kanye West wilding out on Instagram and Twitter, dude, this guy was going nuts. (laughs) But when it goes to show the power of a bank, bro. Like right. they, ha- they yeah. handle your money. Like we yeah. trust them. And now you're going to go out and say, you don't agree with his views or rants. So like you can't bank with us anymore. I mean, I talk get- about, talk about the power of the banks, my guy. I mean, right. what are you going to do here? Okay. So like, honestly, this is why I want to dive into this. Cause I think there's so much more to this. People are like, Oh yeah, she's just getting kicked out of the bank. It's like, no, 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 no. What do you need just getting kicked out of it? Banks are one of those businesses that don't fucking look at social medias. They don't fucking care what you post. They only handle money. And now they're doing that. So, like, 
you almost set a stigma of like the whole control aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Is every bank going to try to kick him out now? Like what happens then? Like where, like, right. There's so many fucking questions and yeah, bro, this is scary. This is not a positive thing, right? Like this is, Mm -hmm. to me, this is ballsy as fuck, dude. Are you serious right now? And to openly do it, to openly do do something like that. Yeah, it is ballsy, bro. And it makes me think what's happening behind the scenes here with banks and our government, bro. Because I I already know in China, there's a social credit, right? If you go to Starbucks instead of the local Shanghai coffee shop, your social credit's going to be done because Starbucks isn't making money for the economy like the social Shanghai coffee company is. So... I know China has social credit standards. I wouldn't think that America is, but this this is scary, bro. Like you're kicking Kanye out of your bank because of his views and rants. Like what do you guys know that we don't yet in terms of like what's coming for the future? How we as people can act, how we can speak, right? Like are is this something like a social credit that's coming to our re- recent lives, bro? Like talk to me on that, you know? I will I mean, the censorship thing, right? Like, I think it starts with there, right? Like, the freedom of speech. We talked about that on the pod before, like, right? Like, I think you and I are very much in the same agreement of what that looks like and what that should be like moving forward, you know? But I think this is a real, I don't know. I think this is something really scary looking at from like a liberty standpoint, right? Like, the freedom. Watch what you say now because your money you're not going to have access to your money right like oh oh guess what you only have credit cards and debit cards guess what you said something banks gonna lock you out now you don't have access to your funds like is that what we're fucking going to i fucking hope not like i honestly that's that's a really grim future bro i i hope i hope this is one of those weird things but i think we're seeing this more and more with the whole censorship and and you know the freedom of speech i think this is just a topic that's so heavily debated and i think it's it's just very weird to me when businesses or you know anything like that choose to do something like that on such a massive scale so yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with liberty you know i think that's the biggest like standpoint is like should we be scared for our liberty at this point and i also want to bring up something that we've talked about on previous pods elon musk purchasing twitter we know that censorship has been happening over there as well hence why i think it's going to be such a massive w if you can close the deal because i may not trust chase bank right to like allow me to have my it's bank my elon a crazy. Little but uh, dude i do think elon will keep things at a more fair standard where he's not censoring people of what they can say what they can and can't do and it's scary to see like these big companies and now banks as we're seeing like yeah. holding yeah. holding people to a standard it's right like, first when- first we saw youtube twitter social media giants now financial institutions bro time out <laughs> time out yeah bro i'm glad that you brought this to light because this is much more than a person getting kicked out of a bank this this raises questions about how the world is working and what direction it's going no doubt no doubt so something to keep an eye on um while that was all happening yay certainly loves to make headlines he purchased the social media app parlor um which is i don't i don't are, are you familiar with parlor i don't use parlor um, but apparently it's considered a conservative social media platform. 
Um, and so he purchased that. You have Elon Musk looking to purchase his own with Twitter and you have Trump with Truth Social. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's weird that everyone's trying to get their own media platform as we're talking about all the censorship shit. I don't know, you guys, things are happening in the world. All I'm saying is make sure your eyes are wide open, right? Yeah, and I we've talked about this before too, man. It's companies competing for people's attention, right? We are modern-day cyborgs. We all have our cell phone, and that's where we like to sink most of our time and attention to. And it's becoming so much more prevalent that we're seeing people like Kanye now who want their own social media platform, you know, battling almost in the streaming wars in a sense, right? Like this guy wants a piece of the pie too, so... Um, the world's evolving as we speak, bro, and I'm curious to see what direction we're going into. But hey, big W for Kanye. He wanted he wanted parlor, he got it, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the amount was, but yeah, like um from a, a social standpoint, I think it's a big W for Kanye. Especially if he's just gonna be banned from every media moving forward anyway. Which maybe that's his thinking. He's like they're all going to get me, so I might as well get ahead of this, right? I don't know. Props to Yay. Um, another major headline, bro. MLB, get this. I'm sure you're going to love hearing this headline. It estimates, bro, they will hit $10 billion in revenue. And why this is such an important, bro, is they haven't hit a mark like this since 2019. So the sport is certainly growing. Um, Obviously, major props to everyone who tunes in to MLB because I can't fucking do it. I can't do it. Um, but, dude, I will say that there's a lot more exciting things happening in the MLB, right? Like Aaron Judge's home run. Like, I'm sure a lot more people were like, shit, I got to watch now, right? Like, this dude's going to hit a home run every game practically. So, uh, surprised to see or not surprised and good for the sport, right? It's hard to say whether I'm surprised or not because I don't really follow their revenue closely year by year. But what doesn't surprise me is that they hit a peak this year, right? Because this was a great year for baseball. We had someone like Shohei Otani dealing on the mound, hitting at the plate. We had someone like Aaron Judge chasing a record that hasn't been broken in 60 years, my guy, and he did it. So... It was a great year for baseball around, and the playoffs continued, bro. As I mentioned earlier, this is the best playoffs to recent memory with all these new faces, new teams. So um, it's hard to say with that number of $10 billion if it surprises me or not, but I'm not surprised that we hit a peak, right, since 2019 because the last three years of baseball compared to this year, this year blows it out of the water in my opinion. And they've all been great years, but we just had so much great news and excitement and teams that – stepped it up this year and gave baseball that extra, hey, like I want to tune in, you know? So good for baseball. I love it, man. I hope next year we hit $15 billion in revenue. There you go. Hey, I, you know what? One thing I love about baseball, I do love the Sandlot. Remember that movie? That's a great movie. Yeah, I do. It's a fucking fictional movie about a game, and that's what you like about baseball. It breaks my heart a little bit, but hey, I can't, I can't force you to hey, love a sport, hey, you know? Hey. I that that's was like oh shit all right maybe I could go hit some homers right like <laughs> Benny, I would like to see you try <laughs> I'll pitch to you my guy we'll see how uh, many you uh, hit I don't know about that I don't know about that but moving on moving on we're talking streaming business and we've been talking it for the past three weeks lots going on acquisitions crazy shit lately but what we're talking about this week 
is the subscription model, right? And Netflix is rolling one out and it's at $6.99. Here's why we're talking about this. If you go back, I don't know, let's say a month now, a month ago on a podcast, this podcast, we talked about how the streaming wars began with Hulu, Netflix, Disney. We talked about kind of where Netflix was falling from a actually viewership standpoint and how Netflix, I believe like at 1.2 billion had been like knocked off their market cap, right? And so we talked about this on a previous pod, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is they announced their new tiered subscription model. And this is priced at $6.99 with ads. And the whole reason why they're doing this is because they want this to be a cheaper alternative. People, a lot of Netflix users, a lot of usage dropped right after they raised their prices to $12.99. And people got pissed off about that. So they're slashing their prices. $6.99 with ads. I believe a total of five five minutes worth of ads in a 30-minute episode, I believe is what it breaks down to. Thoughts on this, Bradbury? Wow. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day, I guess, right? Netflix with ads, bro. But I guess it's come to that in the streaming wars, right? Like, if you're not going to pay for my subscription, I'm losing money. How am I going to make that up? I'm going to give you a cheaper alternative with ads. And that opens the door for Netflix to make money on ads. And it opens the door for... Uh, less of a price to pay for Netflix. So the supply is going to go up for sure. And they're also going to have people partnering with them to have ads on Netflix. I just, it's crazy to think, right? Like this is the streaming platform that we all grew up loving that got the streaming game going basically that knocked Blockbuster out of business, bro. And they're, they're on the decline now. Like they're in a position where we're doing ads now. And I don't expect that these other massive streaming companies won't follow suit because it's a brilliant idea, is it not? No, and I think they're. I think they will follow suit. I think they're all planning to follow suit just because I think what prices have continually gone up for these these subscription models, and it's like nothing gets cheaper. So you know, I think it falls down to, and we've talked about this again on previous pods. Is I think at one point Netflix was spending like three hundred million, right? Like or 300 ridiculous amount of money, I believe it's 300 million, on content. When you're spending that much money on content creation and then your shows flop, or if they do really well, right? That's where like, that could be the big thing. That can, you know, get more viewership. But yeah, people people don't like the high prices. Inflation's at a really ridiculous rate right now. People are kind of having to be like, shit, dude, maybe I do need a cut costs to my streaming services right maybe i do have 79 other ones and maybe i don't need netflix or maybe i do need netflix now i just have to have it with ads so netflix will find a way businesses will find a way to make money um you know it is what it is it's just us as the consumers how we react to things like this so yeah it's uh definitely interesting man uh netflix declining bro (laughs) in my opinion clearly as we've talked about with how much revenue they're making people not liking their shows as much but crazy stuff dude and so we we talked about this last week too but there's been some acquisitions lately um cartoon network bro was recently acquired by warner brothers and i'm sure there's a lot of nostalgic for a lot of people our age i remember like even me i was like shit dude cartoon network like 
grew up on Cartoon Network a little bit, right? So, but the good news, the bright news on this, Cartoon Network, it's being, quote unquote, maybe not dissolved, being acquired, but it sounds like Warner Brothers is going to keep it going and, and have its own version of it. So pretty cool, I guess. Maybe maybe not everything's being getting rid of, uh, but uh, time will tell with that. Uh, but last thing on the streaming wars, bro, you mentioned it. Um, so Disney's actually going to be rolling out a ad model, a six six ninety nine seventy nine. I don't know what it will look like yet, but they said it's coming. So just a just a little piggyback off that. Yeah, and two things before we move on to the next topic, man. Cartoon Network again, streaming wars, bro. We're seeing fucking merges happening left and right. I loved Cartoon Network, bro. Dexter's Laboratory. I don't know. If Dexter. <laughs> This is my childhood, man. And Disney rolling out their cheaper tier model. I expect these cheaper tier models to do extremely well, profit extreme amounts, right? Because people, if they can buy the cheaper alternative, most of the time, I feel like you think not everyone, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I I personally don't like five minute ads. Like, it's not my cup of tea. But no, no, but I think it's gonna be like five minutes throughout the show. So, yeah, right, right. Still, like, I just hate ads, bro. I hate commercials. Yeah. And it's just not my cup of tea. But I can expect, you know, if you're going to save seven bucks a month, what is that, 60, 70 bucks a year? Like, some people are yeah. going to be like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll watch some ads. So, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how many higher tier paying customers will drop to the lower tier and then how many new customers are willing to pay, like, the lower tier, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That, and I would like to see who's paying for these ads. Like, are we going to see car commercials? Are we going to see stupid pharmaceutical drug commercials, right? Like, stupid shit like that. And then also another question to raise is, like, Disney's coming out with ads. Kids watch Disney. Like, what are those ads going to be? Like, is that shit going to be moderated? Or is anybody going to be able to put an ad on practically a Disney streaming channel, right? Like, so... I wonder what like this shit is going to look like. Let me ask you this question, bro. At this point, like with ads, I think if I started seeing a bunch of just random shit, I think I just canceled my subscription at this point. Like, I don't know if I personally watch Netflix enough. And here's where the streaming war starts, right? Netflix doesn't really do live content, right? Like they don't really do live TV shows. Everything is uploaded. They make their own original content. But you're not going to see TV shows that are out until they're, you know, a year, months or whatever out, unless it's an original. So I think at that point, dude, I probably Netflix wouldn't even be my top paying subscription kind of thing, you know? No, totally, bro. And I know you've said it on the last pod before that um, it's content right like what they're putting out seems almost not good it's just quickly rushed um and i know that you prefer other streaming platforms like netflix isn't your go-to you throw ads into the mix smell you later my guy like i'm not i'm not gonna watch your fucking ads for bad content too yeah yeah honestly well speaking of people who probably make money from ads bro i want to talk about two of the highest paid athletes going into the nba season bro I know you've already seen the numbers, but going in, man, and this is with everything all in, highest paid athletes, Braun, top on the list, probably no surprise there, $124.9 million, bro. $124.9 million, I believe, a year. And that's with endorsements, everything like that. And then 
Steph falling up with a close second at 95 mil, and then top five rounded out with Giannis, KD, and Russell Westbrook, actually. And I, I know Westbrook's got his luxury brand businesses and everything like that, but damn, damn. <laughs> Westbrook sneaking into the top five, my guy. Look at that, right? I mean, he took a lot of shit last year for not playing up to Stanford, but you know what he said? He said, I'm still making that bag, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Fuck you guys in the way I play basketball. I am an entrepreneur who makes millions other ways. That's right. Dude, but I, I can't. Dude, I'm tired of us all hating on Russ. He's still one of the greatest. Like, right? We have to acknowledge. He's leading the league in triple doubles. He's the most insane, versatile player who maybe can't put up 40 points, but he's going to give you 12 boards, 12 points, and 12 assists, bro. And sometimes for NBA teams, that's all you need. So Yeah, and don't sell him short. He sure as hell used to put up 40 back in the day, you know, in his right. prime when he was a young gun. OKC, like, OKC Russ? Yeah, I mean, everything – falters and declines except for lebron james i guess but russell and tom brady (laughs) yeah and tom brady but yeah westbrook's still an unbelievable athlete in the game potentially in his own league of in terms of versatility like you said explosiveness he doesn't have a jump shot but other than that he's got just about everything you need in the game that's right that's right and he's making that he's making that money you know so props to him uh speaking of making that money um Super Bowl ads are making that money, bro. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but uh, we got a new ad we're talking about, and this is actually for the first ever blockchain game, bro. And this was recently purchased by, I don't know the name of the company. You can pull this up for if you're interested in learning more about it. Um, but they purchased 6.5, or excuse me, they purchased 30 seconds for 6.5, million or aka $216,000 per second. So why is this such a big deal? We've talked about before. We're not, we're the high prices of Super Bowl ads. That's something we're used to, right? The fact that this is a blockchain company, a blockchain game specifically is what's unique and different about this. So I'm sure you remember, I believe it was what I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, and this I might not even be thinking of this, but remember Coinbase did like the QR code and mm-hmm. just put it on screen and it like it broke the app kind of thing. So mm-hmm. this is what I think this guy's going for, or what this mm-hmm. company's outlook is, is like they're gonna be able to put something on screen and they're gonna try to sign up a shit ton of users in this 30 seconds. So interesting to see, bro. The the world we used to go, if you think about the way. Super Bowl commercials have kind of le- kind of emerged, right? You got the classic car commercial, the Doritos commercial, the the Coca Cola, the you know the classic American company, and then all of a sudden you got these weird old new shit blocking companies, games, shit like this, bro. Shit's wild, so. I, I think this is a big W for blockchain to secure a spot in the bull though, because we've mentioned the crypto's faltering. You know, this is an opportunity to catch the attention of America and everyone else watching for that matter of something great in this 30 seconds. What is your game? Do I want to download it? Are you gonna pull me in where I get into it? So curious to see what they come up with and six point five million, I mean fucking smell me later. Like you guys need to come up. And this this could be it to help 
spring something forward for you. The you pressure know? these marketing directors are under. <laughs> They're like, what do we do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad I don't have that job. That's for right. sure. A little, a little bit of a stressful job. Uh, all right. Speaking of stressful jobs, not psych. Uh, Charles Barkley, a.k.a. Chuck, recently signed a pretty big deal with um, Turner Sports. That's obviously TNT. Um, the part, reportedly, do this deals anywhere between the value of 100 to 200 million. And this this guy's not doing anything other than sitting, making commentary on sports. So, so to wrap it up, right, the business segment, to wrap up weeks of talking about stream, and, and this is a topic we'll probably continue talking on, but to go back to the content that we consume, right? The streaming wars, you see, this is another way companies, you know, like to broaden or specialize in, you know, they got a great NBA on TNT cast. They really do. They got Shaq, they got Kenny, they got Chuck now. So like people want to go and see that. And so again, when you think about it, it's all, it's all the grab for the eyes, right? Who wants to see who? Who's gonna who's gonna be more entertaining, right? So the fact that this is such a huge contract, I guess it it makes sense to me, but you know, at the other at the end of the day, it's kind of crazy to think about because I mean, shoot, dude, from an NBA standpoint, I I, I don't know Chuck's how much he made, but shit, dude, he's gotta be making close to or more commentating right like i don't know maybe i I would have to look into it so i don't want to make that justification but that's a shit ton of money (laughs) yeah i mean 100 200 million bucks bro first of all i want to say i think this is the best commentating crew around the nba on tnt without a doubt my favorite personally and yeah all he's doing is sitting and talking in front of the tv man he's making contracts like the players are out there on the court my guy so it's pretty crazy to think about i'm curious to see how much chuck throws into the sports book because i know this man is a betting man yes so i i it also makes me wonder like does chuck need this 100 200 mil is he down bad right now probably (laughs) not but uh i'm happy to see that he'll be back because this is in my opinion the best commentary crew around the nba yeah, yeah, I would 100% agree with you. Those guys are great. They're funny to watch. And they always- but the, the evaluation, though, too, dude, like it just keeps climbing. It just keeps climbing. How how much are people going to be willing to pay to get that person that they That's want, what I'm right? Saying. Who values them, right? Like, okay, so we look at Joe Rogan, right? He's a $100 million man, right? That's what Spotify valued him at. Chuck, obviously, in that same category of 100 to $200 million man, right? Like, who... Who's like, yeah, that this is this is worth this, right? Like who decides that, right? It's crazy. It's all about like your social media following and your influence to society, I guess. Like, right? Yeah. In a sense, I, it's I, not I, everything, but the more influence you can bring to the more amount of people right like the higher your evaluation as a person is and the more money these companies are going to give you so pretty the crazy social, dude. the social status the social contract right yeah to see over the past 20 years how much the social contract as you put it quote unquote has increased in value is ridiculous bro yeah well uh i mean the ability to sway people right to to buy a product right like that is gold to people right like 
it's a, it's it goes a lot more in depth than we even think like we're touching very surface level but from a psychology standpoint when you have millions of people that will do anything just because someone else is doing it right it's it's fucking crazy but speaking of millions of people that don't do anything like these psycho people bro let's hop to segment five to gen time let's wrap up this pod with some of the best bet slips from this past fucking week bro and these get wilder and wilder i swear bro like i one week i just want to see like twenty dollar back to make 250 right? <laughs> or something something normal bro but tonight we got four insane fucking bets first one for you we got a monday night football chargers versus what yeah this is chargers versus broncos trash game other than i don't know a couple of plays not for this degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> this psycho put $400 on a first touchdown score of Greg Dulcich. And guess what? It fucking hit. And he netted a whopping $17,300, bro. First. Yeah. First, first, bro. Yeah. I didn't know who the fuck Greg Dolichich was before this Monday night game. I never I, seen him, I'd heard say, of him. I, I didn't even know he was on betting. Like you could even bet him. Like, uh, dude, I've watched every Broncos game for years. Never fucking heard of this guy. So whoever this better was was confident enough to not put a hundred but four hundred on it. He must have had the Broncos playbook or something, Honestly, man. He yeah. must have got his hands on some yeah. fucking info because. This is a crazy fucking bet. I'm surprised DraftKings even or whoever this was bet had the man listed right as a first yeah. touchdown scorer. Dude, this it was weird. We talk about time traveling. I'm getting it. There's no other way to say it because, like you said, it's first TD. If if the other if Chargers would have scored before Broncos would have scored, this bet would have been xed out. But the fact that first touchdown went to him, bro. And and this was kind of a deep bomb play, right? Like this wasn't a little five yard fucking slant route, something. This is kind of like I think over a 25, 35 yard touchdown, something like that. Fuck, dude, time travelers, absolutely crazy. That's the only explanation. I think I'm after this seeing this bet tonight. I'm hopping on with you, dude. We've got some fucking time travelers out there. I don't know, man. I, prove to me how some of these make sense because they just don't, bro. Unless there's insider knowledge that's all i'm gonna say moving on moving on insider knowledge no i'm just kidding uh we had josh Allen play patty mahomes um this was a great game at arrowhead this better decided to put a little two dollar bet on juju first touchdown and gabe davis second touchdown this paid out 242 bucks not as huge of a payout but a little more in the people's range, right? Like a nice little two dollar bet, make over two hundred. Props to this better. This was a good line. I like it. Yeah, and I, I like this bet a lot more than Greg Dolich's first touchdown because at least this is realistic, right? Like Juju first touchdown, pretty risky. Gabe second touchdown. Okay, I, I feel it, but hey, something that happened, and I, I respect this. Nice two dollar bet to up your unit size over there, my guy. Moving on, talk about this wide receiver prop, this psycho degenerate. We have got three wide receivers for you, Bradbury. He put yardage, receiving yardage over for each three. I got Devontae Parker for you, 60-plus receiving yards. I got Michael Pittman for you, 100-plus receiving yards. And lastly, I got Chase Claypool for you, 90-plus receiving yards. 
This better decided to put $136 on it, netting one of the biggest payouts I've seen for such a small pick choice. And this is at over $40,000, bro. Absolutely in fucking sane. Yeah, dude. And he has some nuts here, dude. You're putting Claypool at 90 yards, Pittman at 100, a little more understandable, Devontae Parker at 60. Like, he must have had some good plus money odds on these bets and was, you know, confident enough to ride him. But we could look at James Harden tonight's point total, right? Steph Curry, right? Like, you're getting plus money odds for over 30 points, and these guys came through. So, this is also a bet that I really like. It's kind of pricey, 136. Don't know his unit size, obviously, but, uh, Hey, man, respect to you for playing the plus-odd dog yeah. there because it paid yeah. out for you in a big way. I and, and I, I kind of want to piggyback what you said, dude. This was something I'm like, shit, I need to look into because sometimes I'll do wide receiver props, but this guy used it in a way where he was able to kind of leverage lines, choose mm-hmm. three, and, you know, and like I said, I, no picks are always safe, but – I think matchups always have, you know, safety matchups. We talked about it um, personally with Sertain and and Mike Williams, you know, on Monday night. And Mm -hmm. I apologize if I messed that last name up. But that, you know, that can certainly play a role. And if there's bad, you know, really good receiver matchups, dude, this is something I think we're definitely going to be looking at moving forward from a betting standpoint. Yeah, especially you, Mr. NBA over there, right? Like, I know you love playing the points, so you're going to have to find those broken lines out there and hammer the plus monies. That's right, baby. That's right. All right, final final bet slip of the night. Thank you, Degenerates, for sticking with us. Uh, We're midnight oil burners, man. That's that's what we are. It's simple as that. Um, This is sometimes the only time we can get on and hop on the pod, but... Uh, we're bringing you a lot of good shit moving forward, growing our brand, and uh, super excited for it. Last bet slip of the night before we wrap up here. We got a correct score bet for you, bro. So talk about time traveling. This guy, 19, Chargers, Broncos, 16, put a nice little 25 buck on it, hit 3,000. Obviously, you would think the payout would be a little more. I don't know. To me, maybe. Right, just because it's correct score, but shit, this is this is an incredible hit, and I don't know, man. That's we knew it was going to be a low scoring game, but I feel like anytime people choose the correct score game, I'm just like, get out, bro. Right, you're just you're just shooting darts at the wall. I think. <laughs> yeah, bro. Especially in a game like where you miss a PAT, they go for two type shit. I mean, this guy got it on the money for twenty five yeah. bucks. You you deserve three K, my guy. Probably a little bit more, in my opinion. Especially on yeah. a twenty five dollar bet. I understand a dollar, two, five, but yeah. twenty five correct score. Like, give this man his money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly how I was feeling. Like, correct score, bro. Like, that's so hard. That is that is so hard, bro. Like it literally, like you got a better opportunity of, you know, being fucking tied behind your back doing hula hoops or something. I don't know, something crazy. But yeah, dude, crazy bed slips as always. Try to bring you the best of the best. But bro, that is gonna wrap up our episode for tonight. Degenerate Sox Sports. This was a fun one, man. We always try to bring you guys the energy, the content. And uh, like I said, we got so much on the horizon. Um, So many good ideas, especially flowing from my co-host over here. So a lot on the horizon. Um, 
but without degenerates that's going to wrap up tonight's episode thank you so much for listening uh we will have another episode coming up next week man we're gonna we're staying very very consistent moving forward so super excited about that um you can follow me at mckay armbrus on instagram and twitter and you can follow our show at dts approved well i'm sure we're gonna be having some new socials coming um especially maybe a tiktok on the line i don't know but bradbury where can people follow you follow me at quinne bradbury on instagram and quinne tweets on twitter and with that thank you so much y'all we look forward to seeing you next week good night take care doses Thank you.